1: Play for free at Luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. More great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk.
0: Hello. Welcome back. Sorry, it looks like a little bit of technical difficulties there. Welcome back to the FPL Masterclass. My name is Hayden. I'm your host, as ever, today. Rob, this is game week seven. We're racing through at the moment. And uh, how are you feeling? Because last week was a very, very low scoring week. The average was only 43. Um, I'm I'm a little bit, I'm starting to plateau a little bit. I'm starting to get some decent-ish scores but I'm still not 100% happy with what I'm seeing. So uh, how are you? Welcome back. And uh, how are you feeling after that very low-scoring week?
1: Um, No, I feel good because I'm hitting averages. So I always said the FPL, to play it well, is to have your average totals and hit them every week. If you hit them every week, so be it. And this is the problem with FPL. People get 100 one week, 100 points. They feel great. Next week, they get 30. They feel awful. But then again, that's the average. So get the averages. It doesn't matter what you get week to week. So I feel okay. You can see there my total uh, rankings at the moment. I'm 184,000th in the world, which is good. Kind of top. What's that? Top 2, 3, 4%, something around that kind of level. 421 points for the, for the um, six game weeks that we've had. Going up to then, not bad. Happy with that. And 54 points last week is okay. Nothing to kind of write home about, but that's a kind of average week. You see that the average for the game week was 43. And a lot of people fell down on the fact that they'd sold people at Antonio and they tried to change their premiums and it didn't quite work out. Manchester United players also not particularly performing. Um, So good. I feel good about it. I feel kind of balanced in what I've got going forward. And with the international break coming up, it's always quite shrewd to maybe hold your fire a little bit. I want to kind of hold my transfer, my free transfer this week to use it next week, potentially in a in a double swap out.
0: Yeah, I mean we've got a comment here from Alan saying, you know, he's using his wildcard this week. We will talk about the wild card because I'm definitely going to be looking at that as well. Um, and he's saying, you know, he swapped Shaw and Greenwood, uh, Shaw, well, I think, swapped Shaw, Greenwood, Bankford, and uh, banked points for Alonso, Ben and Lukaku before Trent's injury. You know, Trent's is out for six weeks. Um, worth it to change Ben Trent, uh, Grisha cancella. We'll, we'll address that later, Alan. But Rob, let's talk about your team from last week and let's see about your results. So, uh, you outdid the average 54, um, and you're sitting really pretty, pretty nicely, you know, in, in your overall, overall ranking. Um, what are your thoughts on Torres? Because Torres hasn't played very much recently. And obviously the title of the show is, is Grealish worth, or is he an essential at only 8 million? What is your thoughts on that? Because you're looking at Torres now, that's two weeks on the bench. Is it a little bit of concern for FPL players that maybe, you know, his uh, his impact has run its course?
1: No, because that would be like saying it's the end of the season on game week seven. So no chance. Ferran Torres is still very much the number nine at Manchester City. Um, did he play against PSG? Remind me. I think he did. Not sure.
0: I know the... Sterling started, so that for me is thinking, okay, he might play, I mean, he might play this weekend against Liverpool.
1: I think, so, then, so you look at Torres, he's still incredible value for what he is and what he's done. I don't think he's particularly popped yet, but I also don't think we should be comparing either or, or just because they play for the same club. I want to compare Grealish to the marketplace. And I want to compare Greedish to the overall Manchester City contingent. So I look at Ferran Torres as a differential, as a number nine in the midfield zone. And if you get someone like that, even coming off the bench, you maybe be only playing 20 or 30 minutes, but getting you the goal every now and then, every couple of games and getting assists being part of that point scoring conundrum then I think you stick with Torres looking at my team you can see here obviously where the, the kind of foundations of the team are so I've still got around two two and a half million pounds in the bank which is important for me I'm keeping that because I will use it and I will when I have a double swap out I'm going to utilize that but when I look across my team I've got the big pieces already in place for me so I've got Salah I've got Antonio, I've got Lukaku. They're my kind of mainstay. Obviously, then there's Concello, who plays every week. Marcel has now worked his way into my lineup and is going to be a player at 4.5 million or around that budget value who's going to play every week for me. He's essentially a wing back. Cresswell, set pieces, Liveramento playing basically in the opposition half the whole match for Southampton. I've strategically picked all these players because I feel that they will do that role the longevity they're not one week picks and again a lot of people make that mistake of going i like this pick for next week but they don't then say but will they still be in my team in four or five weeks time i look at that i'm good with torres i'm good with dallas and zimmer is now going to start playing games again why because trent is injured let's uh
0: let's drill into um antonio because you mentioned at the top of the show, obviously a lot of people did substitute him out. I kept him as well. He's he's a, I mean that that's one of those moves, isn't it, Rob? Where take him out just because he's been sent off is probably probably one of those hasty decisions, and a lot of people probably will be regretting that.
1: Yeah, and it's something that I think the uh, when he got when he had a sending off, three point five million uh, FPL players transferred him out which is just ridiculous. If you can bench him for one week, because that's all it was, you stick him on a bench for one week, you bite the bullet, and you bring him back the following week, he's going to score every other week for West Ham. He's going to get assists. He's going to get man of the match awards. At the moment, I would probably say he is the best forward in FPL. The rest of them, yep, they might be there in terms of their high value. We all know about Cristiano being like, 12.7 I think now which is a crazy price Uh, but you're only going to pick Ronaldo really on sentimentality or if he's scoring a hat-trick every week then you're kind of going to say right I'm finding a place for him otherwise I think most FPL players will be avoiding that real premium and sticking with players like Antonio
0: yeah I'd agree I mean we'll talk about my team Later on, um, but I did have two Manchester United players who did who did get me zero points. Rob and I think you know something we mentioned before. We're both United fans, obviously. We mentioned before that uh, the United players are a little bit, uh, you, you know, there are a bit of a risk, and, and we did see that. But let's move on to the to sort of the title and the main topic of the show today, and that is uh, is Jack Grealish essential at eight million? So on the graphic here, we've actually got uh, Jack Grealish's form from the season. So at the moment, his current form is three points per game. Uh, He's got a total of 24 points. His price is at 8 million. He's owned by 18.3%. But Rob, the key one down here is looking at his ICT ranking. So that's his influence, his creativity, and his threat. Um, And his overall ICT ranking is five. So he's fifth out of 611. So just looking at some of his um, points, this he hasn't got a huge amount. I mean, he's got one goal and one assist. And he saw that goal against Norwich in game week two. And uh, he got eight points. And that was his highest haul this season so far and then he also got an assist against arsenal in that 5-0 win in game week 3 so that's six so looking at sort of um his form this season it doesn't really sh- scream to the to the average player saying look i need to bring jack grealish in.
1: yeah and, and this is um this is about assessing the reasons why you buy any player so reactive fpl players will purely look at what happened last week maybe the overall picture they'll look at the kind of real Binary facts, one of my favorite words, again, that we use in other shows. The thing about Jack Grealish, and this is what I said at the start of the season, is we needed to see what Pep was going to use him for. How is Pep going to use him? Is he going to be rotated out a lot? Is he going to be a piece in the attack that doesn't really have a lot of influence? Is he going to be a major part of Manchester City's title charge at all? You know, £100 million, you would expect so. But you can't guess. You have to look at it. You have to look at what the facts are. So, like you've just brought up there, you know, th- th- there's two ways of looking at this. Grealish has basically started every game for Manchester City. You know, six game weeks there, six starts, which is impressive. Not something that I would have predicted before, especially with the way Guardiola rotates. I think we did see against PSG that he got pulled after 60 minutes. And I think it was because he wasn't really getting a lot of joy. So, Pep showed that he's not scared to bring him off the pitch. So, that's the first time he's ever been pulled that early in a game. But when you look across his six matches, You know, he had a really good game uh, week two and three. And then from four, five and six, three threes and threes. It's like, well, you know, City themselves, not particularly scoring goals there. But when you look at his influence, his creativity and his fret, he's really up there with the top performers. You know, second in creativity in FPL, fifth in fret. And at eight million, we're still talking a relatively good value buy. Somewhere at the top end. Of the mid-value range you know eight million is still a lot but because like i've got 2.4 million pound in the bank i feel good at that because it means that i could probably get rid of someone who's truly mid-range at around six million and bring in a jack Grealish, and i think that the, we've seen enough of Grealish at city now in his opening weeks to realize that he is going to start a lot of games just looking at minutes played he's played 520 minutes for city this season already Last year for um, Aston Villa, albeit with injury issues, he played 2,000 minutes. He's already played a quarter of his whole Villa minutes from last year. And last year at Aston Villa, he got six goals, 12 assists, 12 clean sheets. So there's enough information there for you to say that Jack Grealish is a really, really good pick. But we're also going to now look at the kind of next slide and have a look uh, at who he compares to and what other Man City players are doing.
0: Let's do that now, Rob. So um, let, let's look at sort of where he compares first to the top midfielders in uh, in FPL, and you're having a look at it now, Rob. And to be honest with you, you know he's nowhere near the likes of Salah, who's obviously the, the must-have this season. Ben Ramas had a great season; he's you know, forty-two points. Sar is an interesting one. He's scored a couple of goals now in his last couple of games, uh, and look at the look at the price, Rob. You're looking at six point three. Uh, Million, he's got 39 points. Dekoure is very high up. I'm I'm shocked to see him there as well. Another one at good value, 5.6. Got Pogba and Greenwood. who are both on 35. Demarai Gray, you got Mane, Townsend. So look, there's there's other options. Conor Gallagher's had a great season. Son's in there, and Kovacic as well. Let's let's drill into Kovacic. He's a bit of a favourite of ours this season. At 5.2 and 31 points, doesn't that represent better value for money than someone like Jack Grealish?
1: Uh, in a again a binary manner, of course, one hundred percent, five point two million for thirty-one points. I'm having him. Thank you very much. He's in my team, so I can afford Kovacic without really messing around with any of my premiums because he's a proper budget buy. But I think when you look at these two slides that we've got up here, and you said you've got the overall FPL picture for midfielders, and then the the picture for Manchester City players. Grealish is 24 points. It's not massively different to, say, Pogba's 35. That might sound like when you look at rankings, I think Pogba there is the fifth midfielder in FPL in terms of the rank, Greenwood's uh, equal rank with him. But Jack Grealish is only, like, 11 points behind and is supposedly not particularly performing that well. Well, he'd only got to score two or three goals, and he will crash into that left-hand slide there and be somewhere near the top, Very, very quickly. So, the idea, Haydar, is definitely to have a little bit of a predictive hat on and to kind of look at things and say, right, how do you find a way to get those numbers early without being reactive? So, you don't want to wait till Jack Grealish has scored the points. You want to wait, you want to kind of be where Jack Grealish is before he scores the points. And that's why we've decided to talk talk about him this week. Just looking at Manchester City's uh, midfield overall, you can kind of see how they've all misperformed in terms of FPL numbers. So De Bruyne's only just come back. He's 11.9. Foden's just come back, only four points at 7.9. There are opportunities there across Manchester City's midfield. And we will see now, obviously, that these guys coming back in might affect Jack Grealish's minutes. So that is important. So we need to see this. Uh, There's also a small matter of an international window coming up. And we don't know, obviously, Jack Grealish starts for England, breaks his toe in one of the games, and then what you're doing, you're selling an £8 million midfielder. You might even take a hit to have to do it. So City's midfield, always illustrious, always really great um, players across the board. But then you look at someone like Rodrigo at 5.5 and 15 points, you know, you look up the list, Grealish at 8 million at 24 points. If it was just about points, you'd kind of plump towards Rodrigo there wouldn't you or you'd plump towards maybe someone even further down the list like Fernandinho but that's not how we do it we're looking at potential and I think Grealish is right up there he's he's plumped for a pick if you're looking at someone around the eight million pound bracket
0: Looking at Ferran Torres, I mean, look, uh, Gundogan was in a lot of people's teams as well. We've seen that he's injured, so he, he'll be out for a little fair while. But looking at Ferran Torres, uh, at seven million still, is he still the pick for you, though? I mean, we're talking about his Jack Grealish essential, but it looks like you're going to be sticking with Torres. And I think I'm going to do the same thing, if I'm honest with you. I, I, I haven't given up, on Torres, given up on Torres yet. I think he'll play. Um, whether he'll play this weekend against Liverpool, it remains to be seen. But he, I think he's still going to be more of a threat playing in that uh, false nine position.
1: Yeah, I'm not looking at Torres or Grealish. I'm looking at midfielders or Grealish. That's the way I'm doing it. For me, Torres is someone I will stick with because I think at £7 million as potentially the number nine for the potential champions of the league, then it's kind of a no-brainer, isn't it? It's exactly why we talked about in recent weeks about why you would go for, say, Greenwood over Bruno Fernandes. doesn't mean that Bruno Fernandes is going to get less points than Greenwood, but at this stage of the season... You're seeing a guy that's playing a lot of minutes in in Mason Greenwood and 7.7 then represents value with 35 points in there. Of course, you look at that list on the left-hand side and Bruno Fernandes being relatively low down at 11.9, 33 points, two points less than Greenwood. And don't forget that Bruno scored a hat-trick on the opening day of the season. So these are all the balancing points. I think when you look at Grealish, you, you, you could... Wait a week or two or three to see what happens with De Bruyne and Foden and even potentially Raheem Sterling. Maris is one of those players that will always get you points, even off the bench, but I think at £8.7 million, he's he's a little bit too expensive, though you know that he could come in the team and score a hat-trick at any point. But this is the beauty of Manchester City midfielders, is that they do not have to play 90 minutes to be hugely impactful. And now you can be in that list on the left-hand side once they start popping and winning games, going on 10-game winning streaks, scoring 20, 30, 40 goals in a row very, very quickly like they do, then you see that if you're in early on the City midfield, that they will reward you with points.
0: Rob, I, I want to drill in on Saab because he's had, he's got three goals and 24 points in his last two outings. Um, you know, He's actually the second most bought player ahead of uh, this weekend. 311,000 players have transferred him in um what are your thoughts on him because he was actually one of those players wasn't he that you were looking at and why did you go against it because i'm looking at Sar as well i mean i I need to have a look at the fixtures uh Mm -hmm. before but um he was somehow thinking you know i I don't really want to put um i I didn't feel comfortable putting sort of my eggs in in the, the Watford basket but actually the last couple of games he's been he's been fantastic
1: that's certainly one of my reasons is the Watford basket we know that Watford have looked pretty good coming into the league this time they look like, they're set up better to win and score goals. Saar is obviously a major point, a part of that. Uh, even the last time round when they were in the Premier League, SAR was highly rated. It's just about productivity, Haydar. So 6.3 million for 39 points is a very, very good return. But then when you kind of just nudge down the list, there's not really a huge gap between what you're looking at at that price and maybe even say the next level of price. So let's go down the list and look at someone like Townsend at 5.5 played many, more,
0: good value for money.
1: Played yes. many more minutes than people thought he would at Everton. Uh, we've seen that Benitez's system uh, helps him in terms of the width and the way they want to play. But then, as you said, like someone like Kovacic, you know, at 5.2 million at 31 points, is he a better pick than Saar? So, for me, that's what I did in the end. I went for Kovacic for two factors. I like the way that he's playing this year. He's kind of playing as a progressive number eight. um, And Chelsea. That's why. Because if you're starting for Chelsea, I get the feeling you're going to get points. I think Saar is a good pick. But his numbers are a bit streaky so he can have one or two or three games where he's really good and one or two, three games where he's just not present. And there's just such a tight pack. Haydar, at this point in the season, with midfielders that midfielders are the difference between having a good season and a great season. And it's about picking them at the right time. So Sa might be a good pick now and he might, he might reward you next week. He might get you a hat trick. You might get you twenty points in a week, and then the following week two, the following week two, the following week two, the following week one, the following week one, the following week two, the and you go on, and you're sick of Saar, and you want to get rid of him. So it's about balance, and I think there are better players in that top ten or fifteen list who will give you better consistency.
0: Yeah, that's uh, I would agree with that, Rob. And uh, let's move on. So. The wild card, Rob. This section's for me, and uh, I think the section for Alan as well, and uh, Masood saying in the comments, you know, he he's had two bad game weeks. He will... Uh he will bite the bullet uh, for more one more game week then use his wild card during the international break that's what i'm sort of in a dilemma about you know do yeah. i make it now or do i make it after international break i'm mean, just having a look at my side over here i'm going to bring up alan's question as well because it's a good question and something i've been thinking about so he's saying do you sell trent given that it doesn't look like a one game thing you said uh, he'll be out for six weeks so it looks like it's obvious to sell him um like antonio but long issue so do you sell him the United players are worrying him with their fixtures looking at my Manchester United players both Bruno and and Shaw got me zero points I mean what's your thoughts just looking at my team right now I mean what do you think about the the balance I think I've got about one and a half million sitting in the bank as well
1: I don't think the balance is actually that bad I think what your problem has been maybe in your overall scoring is that you sacrificed points so you know earlier on when you had that week where you had a, a bit of a brain freeze and got rid of team players and brought them in and at 12 points taken off your total. Eight,
0: at, come on, eight at, points. At this, it was
1: 12. I think it was 12. I think no, it, was it was 12. Eight. But, um, but it, when you do that, it's it, 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 you have to have really have your back against the wall to kind of feel that you have to do that. And I don't think looking at your team, that your team is that poor. You know, I think when you look at the FPL numbers, You're there or thereabouts, you know, you're not there. So it's more about maybe getting a differential in your team that takes your team to the next level. So when you look at your side, obviously Luke Shaw is an issue now. Uh, I wouldn't touch Trent. It doesn't matter whether he's out for six weeks or two weeks or however quickly they rush him back because it's too much of a gamble for a player that might not play even for Liverpool. I'd be happier with Simicast. You've got Simicast there on your bench. I've got Simakas on my bench. He is almost definitely going to play in, in in Trent's place. This week is yeah. a bit of a touchy one because they're playing Man City, so I wouldn't be playing Simekash, but in weeks ahead, yes I will be. But then you look at the differentials, like I'm saying, Salah, you keep Salah. You look at Torres, I would keep Torres. Kovacic at that price, I would keep T- Kovacic. Yeah. Dallas Dallas is a is a strange one because he's had no performance so far, but if you can upgrade Dallas obviously in part of your wild card, you probably would. And then it's the Bruno question about whether at Bruno's value, it's worth keeping him around if Manchester United have got these really tough run of games. So for me, I've stayed away from Manchester United players for one or two reasons. But the main reason is that after this kind of six or seven game period, the games get a lot tougher. And it showed in years gone by that United players kind of do stop scoring points in those moments. So it becomes tougher. You get more kind of small scoring games. It just becomes more and more difficult. Looking at your your team, you know, you've got the two goalkeeper strategy, something that I always employ and always say to people to employ. But I think Martinez, there's some top-end value there. You might be able to trim him out of your team and bring in a goalkeeper for around $4.5 And that will give you money in the bank. That's important. you got Tony on your bench, decent, Simakas. And then you kind of look at the rest of your team and Kufau and Semedo, you know, do you go for Semedo at $4.9 uh, four point nine at $5 million, or do you go for his mate Marcel. next door to him. Yeah. Exactly. That's one
0: of so, my, definitely one of my thinking, because, you know, that, that 0.4 million can go a long way. In it can go
1: a long way. And especially if you're going to burn a wild card. And the reason why I haven't is just because I'm happy with my position. Like, you know, I said top three, 4% in the world, I can live with that. And I'm happy with the averages. It's then maybe just about selecting one or two out. So for you, it might be a case that Dallas isn't giving you productivity and you might be able to upgrade him almost even for cheaper. Like uh, Dallas is a, is a mid ranger and you'd be able to find probably someone around that price range who could get you more points than Dallas currently is. So I wouldn't burn my wild card looking at your team, but I also wouldn't sacrifice points. I would only burn that wild card if I really wanted to move out five or six. And that's when I think it's worth using your wild card. If you feel that Torres doesn't fit what you want to do now, and neither does Bruno, then of course it makes sense that if you're maybe saying, get rid of Danny Ings to bring in Lukaku because of Chelsea's run of fixtures, which are now very favorable then, of course, there is always that. But I don't advocate burning wildcards unless you're really going to take four, five, six players out and you can have a real kind of proper rejig before we get anywhere near the Christmas programme.
0: That I am planning to. Um, you know, Alan sort of took... Uh took the words out of my mouth you know he's had raya all season at four and a half million he's been outstanding that was why I, yeah. I was looking at martinez and thinking hmm, he's about five and a half million he's got me returns i had him on the bench last week and he got me he got me nine points but obviously he was sitting on the bench but there's no benefit to here.
1: having there's no benefit to having martinez over raya like at 4.5 million it's just going to make more the reason why martinez did so well last year is because he made so many saves for villa a team kind of you know, flirting around mid-table to, to even lower yeah, they're
0: down. Better, they're a better side now. Less less work for him to do this season. That's
1: why you get someone like Raya because he's going to make save after save after save for Brentford. Save them, get man-of-the-match performances, even get the odd clean sheet. And at 4.5 million... That's how you employ the two goalkeeper strategy, two budget goalkeepers. So Sanchez is a four point fiver and you can see as well what Brighton have done. That's how you do it, and then you save money that way. You don't, you don't kind of, you don't burn the money elsewhere in your squad. So, like, I'm looking at maybe moving out Schmeichel because he's five million, and he's not really giving me five million returns. I'm happier maybe going for someone like Raya. So, so that, they're the kind of questions you need to answer. But obviously, we will look a little bit deeper now into. To the options uh in each category of obviously goalkeeper midfielder um and obviously defenders and attackers and to see what you can actually do with your wild card
0: yeah Absolutely. I'm looking at my team though, Rob, before we move on. And I'm, I'm thinking, I want to bring Lukaku in. I think I'm going to use my wild card because I want to, I think it's time to take Bruno out. I've got to replace Luke Shaw as well. So that's already sort of three transfers. I want to replace a goalkeeper. That's four. And then I do want to see what I can do with Dallas um, in terms of, uh, you know, what I, yeah. how I can improve on that. Yeah. So, yeah. Right, and Ings, right. I think as well,
1: Ings as well. I think Danny Ings has done okay in his numbers, but he hasn't really set the world on fire at Aston Villa yet. Now, Danny Ings is always a perennial for me. I have him every year almost without fail. I can't but remember, this, you year, have him this year, no, you don't. Yeah, have him. yeah, he's in my team. Yeah, I, I have uh, Ings and Antonio up top for me, uh, and obviously the third striker for me is Lukaku. So I feel like I've got a real premium set up top, and I've done that deliberately. I think with Danny Ings is that in years gone by he has kind of been more of a budget value pick in the kind of sixes and sevens. He scores lots of goals, but I think he was much more of a points getter at Southampton then he might be at Villa this year so he might be the kind of player that you you trade in for even maybe uh, you, you know one of those surprise forwards like Eduardo so Eduardo someone S- like that who comes S- in
0: Sam S- S- Maximan as well is uh, so maximum
1: uh, you know, they're cheaper they're cheaper they're more valued they're playing games you know is Danny Ying's worth more money than they are at the moment the marketplace would say no
0: I think you also got to remember, I agree with that point, And I think this is what you, you were also saying. Some sort of a bolt on point is that, uh, you know, when you're looking at Villa now, there are other point scorers, aren't there? There are other people that can take yeah. points. But when Ings was at Southampton, everything went through him. Um, but Rob, I haven't got the graphic on screen, but I'll read it out here. So I've got uh, some goalkeepers. We are going to assess if you are using your wildcard, you know, what the options are. So the goalkeepers we have here is Rhea at 4.6. Uh, Loris, who's at 5.6. uh Valued as well. Um Allison six million. Edison six million. Sar at Wolves got an assist last week, I believe. Um he's at five million. Um Gaeta, who plays for Palace, four and a half million, and David De Gea at five million, which is very surprising. I know De Gea took a little bit of a a price drop. Um, so yeah, let's let's talk about some of these goalkeepers. What are your sort of thoughts on them?
1: Yeah, what that that ranking that you read out there is not uh, most cumulative points. It is best value. So one of the things that FPL players quite often overlook is that is the season value ticker. Yeah, to look at who's 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 bringing up their points, who's scoring their points at an economical rate for their price range. So when you look at um, You look at Raya there, who is the best on form for price that isn't a surprise is it because Brentford have done quite well to start off with and he's been a player that people have talked about a lot so that reflects in his overall value but he's going to get you more points for that price range and obviously a value pick goalkeeper you could be one of those FPL players that goes for an Allison or an Edison every year and you might feel that those goalkeepers get you you know a good total amount of points but that's when you get to the end of the season you generally find that the premium goalkeepers are not at the top of the list it will be a value pick who's done well who will play every week who will make lots of saves and someone a bit like Reyes so if you were gonna buy a goalkeeper to save some money like you're talking about Martinez Reyes would be a very Ray would be a very very good pick
0: yeah I think so I think one of the least surprising things though is to see Alisson up there Liverpool haven't considered many goals you're still against you know going big on your goalkeeper aren't you that's not the strategy you usually take
1: and no, And the problem is there is that if you put all your money, you know, putting your eggs in that basket, you're not going to have money for other positions. And there are other positions in FPL that get you more points. So goalkeepers get a good amount of points, but it shows that you can pick goalkeepers even in the bottom six of the division and still get massive returns from them without feeling too much that you have to look at the form of the team Uh, and that's really really important and you do see that also in other positions like we're going to look at defenders next and you'll see obviously at the top here that the value still is in teams like Brentford in the Brightons but then of course you do have a mix there with the likes of cities and Chelsea's and then it's your choice to kind of find that back five of your squad but without without burning all your money on a trend. Like Trent, I think, is good value for what he's done. But we're going to look at value now. And you can never really call Trent Alexander-Arnold a value pick just simply because of how expensive he is. You expect big returns for a player of that premium co- calibre quality. But there's also lots and lots of other players who are a lot cheaper, but also getting really, really good points returns.
0: Rob, let's uh, let's drill into these defenders here. I want to drill into Rudiger because... My sort of rule of thumb is as well is uh, not really going for centre backs because obviously this is, a, this is a game where you want players that are, are capable of going forward and getting uh, attacking returns. We're looking at Rudiger here, and you're comparing him to say, let's say you know Alonso five point nine, 5.9, um, and you've got uh, he's Christian Christensen plays as well, but there is a rotation risk with Christensen and Thiago Silva. Is Rudiger emerging as a an almost? Sure bet for if anyone's looking for a Chelsea defender because there is a there is a risk, isn't there? Now with more Champions League games that you could see Alonso get rested and uh you could see Chilwell playing a few more games, although you haven't seen that as of yet.
1: Well, again, like I said, this is a this is about value. So when we're looking at these slides, it's about price versus productivity. So if you're looking at Rudiger at 5.7 last year, I think he was 4.5. So he was a real, true value. So when Tuchel came in and changed that football club and they stopped conceding goals, he was a no-brainer. You brought him in. He got clean sheets. But I agree with what you're saying there. I think the centre-backs are still still in general to stay away from them. So when you look at the list on the left there and you look at the top end, you look at someone like Cancelo. Why is Cancelo up the top end every year? Because he's not really playing in defence, is he? duffy had a couple of weeks where he scored a couple of goals so he's at the top but again at 4.3 is duffy going to give you long-term value probably not but if you're going to if if you're looking for a pick uh, around four million pounds to be the fifth defender in your team and maybe a bench option then duffy's okay isn't he but then when you look at kind of alonso diaz rudiger there in terms of the the top teams and i think most importantly simakas you, you, you're, there's a good route into teams without blowing your budget. And another player that um, I was thinking about the other day, so I'm quite surprised to see him on the list, but it makes total sense, is Laporte at 5.5. Obviously, coming to the team, John Stones is not playing, so Laporte has really benefited from that. He's looked good. City are starting to kind of get their act together. And then, and again, do you look around, it like kind of like Regulian at 5.2. Uh, they started the season, I think, with three clean sheets. So he's going to be in this list for that reason, but then you might look at Tottenham's most recent form and look at him and say, well, 5.2 is okay. But hey, are Tottenham really going to get clean sheets? I, I won't buy that five point two player. I will go and spend the money on Simicast because Liverpool will get clean sheets. And if and if Trent is out for any period of time, Simicast is going to play.
0: Yeah, and and well, Reg- actually Regulon got the assist in for um who scored. Against Arsenal, I think it was Son that scored against. He did, yes, he did. He Um, got the assist. Yeah, but I I mean, that type of player is he?
1: He's a raider, so he's going to get. He's going to get the other assist now and then. It's just how many assists.
0: Yeah. No, I'd be I'd be avoiding Spurs like like a plague, if I'm honest with you. Rob, let's move on to the midfielders now. You've got, um, obviously, we're looking at the, the value as well per points. And Decore sits at yeah. the top there. Ben Rama, we've discussed in, in length. We've discussed Saar today. We, we've discussed Kovacic. So all picks, actually, that we've been discussing on this show. So people, obviously, myself included, should really be listening to what we talk about on here. But we let's touch on the Everton uh, duo as well and Gallagher. Because the Everton duo are two that have surprised a lot of people. Obviously, they came in very cheap. I believe Townsend was a free transfer and Damara Gray was about one and a half million from Leverkusen. But uh they've really benefited, haven't they, from uh Benitez's system. Uh, you know, the, yeah. like, as you mentioned earlier, the width they've really I mean, I was watching Everton the other day and like everything is going through those sort of those two. I don't know if Calvert Lewin is back, but when you're looking at the sort of the, the budget options that they are. I mean, it's almost a no-brainer. I know they're playing United this weekend, but they could very, very, very well beat Manchester United this weekend, Rob, and cause a lot of issues. Uh, <laughs> Anyone cause could. Issues. <laughs> Anyone can cause a lot of issues down that flank. And we will, there's a good comment here uh, about Emil Smith-Rowe. Right? I do want to bring in Smith-Rowe and yes. Saka as a, as a bit after. Yes. I do want to yes. do that. But let's talk about these three players first, because I do think um, it looks like Schercher did have um, Smith-Rowe and obviously he got some good returns against Tottenham. So let's talk about Townsend, Ray, and Gallagher
1: first. Uh, And just one more thing before we go into midfielders there is uh, obviously I see in our comments there Arsenal's goalkeeper at 4.5, Ramsdale a good pick a hundred percent at 4.5 million at the moment, which he is, he could be in that two two man rotation that we talked about just looking here at uh, the midfielders and the value. And it does cross over a lot to what we were talking about. The Jack Greedish segment that we just did is that you kind of, you've got a whole bunch of players there at about between what 5.8 and 6.6 all with that kind of clutch zone of what you would call true wild card picks so no one's picking Townsend at the start of the season no one's serious you know And Damari Gray no one really had a clue whether he'd even play we you know would he be a bench option so both of them have featured in Benitez's system Benitez is playing kind of a wide system it helps these two guys they're going to play more minutes than people think and again if you're looking at down the list of like saying having five defenders five midfielders and your your three attackers, If you're looking at position four and five when you're midfield, then someone like Townsend or Gray are really good picks. Good value, going to play you minutes. Even if they don't do well, they're going to probably get you two points because they will play, but then they will get assists. They might get the odd goal as well. But the one player I want to add in there is the guy right at the bottom, is Gallagher. Uh, Crystal Palace this year are playing a different style of football. They are playing more creative style. They are not as industrial as they've been in years gone by. And obviously under Patrick Vieira, they're looking to play something that is a little bit more pretty, something a bit more pleasing on the eye. And that means they've got some creativity in there. So Gallagher is again, a player that no one would have picked at 5.7 million at the start of the season. But you can see now he is what you call a true differential. You can see that if, if Palace improve in the next three or four weeks, and i am just said earlier on about getting on the bandwagon before stuff happens, you can see at 5.7 million. Edward Scott is, is one as well. And, and and again, I think it's more about minutes for him. So will he definitely play when they started really well? Or will they just kind of be more kind of Zaha centric? That's to be seen. Um, and then kind of if you look ac- across the rest of the midfield, someone like Saar there, very high up in terms of the value, but then it's always about consistency. Ben rama has been given consistency. DeCore's been given consistency. And again, Decore is someone that people might have thought was more of a defensive option. And at 5.6 is probably not worth it. But his price has obviously been going up slowly but surely because he's been amassing points every week for Benitez.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Rob, let's bring up the uh the two Arsenal lads. So Let's bring up um, Emil Smith Rowe and um, Bukayo Saka. And I've got a little bit on Saka. So in the last two games, Saka has a goal and two assists, um, and that's 19 points of his last two outings. He's also had eight shots in the box in the last three game weeks, placing him third amongst all midfielders. He's he's valued at 6.2 million. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know that that's a, that's a nice differential, isn't it? One of those two players. I mean, I'm I'm looking at Smith Rowe actually and, and seeing how would he fit in my squad. And when I'm looking at Dallas, he's not doing too much for me. You know, Smith Rowe is someone that I, I am considering as more of a budget option.
1: Definitely. And I think Smith Rowe is going to be one of the sleeper hits. So this is, again, getting in before they they go pop. So I said uh, on our show here towards the start of the season, anyone thinking of putting Arsenal players in their team needs their head looking at because there's no way that even the way Arsenal were playing that they were going to get big returns. But what you've seen now with Arsenal is that they're slowly but surely getting their act together. Their forwards are coming back. And if their forwards are coming back, their big names, obviously players like Aubameyang, uh, obviously waiting for Lac- Lacazette to really kind of do it again. But if they start doing it, someone's got to give them the assists. So you saw, I think, in the last game, uh, Emil Rowe did his uh, little kind of messy impression down the left, went through the channel, got to the byline, you know, drills it back towards Aubameyang. Aubameyang slides it in the corner. If Arsenal have any kind of success this season, it's going to be coming through plays like that. So I think uh, if you want to go for Arsenal, there is some kind of value in their defence at the moment. You've got kind of defenders around 4.4, 4.5. 4. I wouldn't have touched them earlier on in the season for the reasons that I just gave. But I think now there is a kind of balancing out act with Arsenal with their, with their fixtures, but also with the players that are available after the kind of COVID issues that they had. But if, if I was going to pick one of those two that you just mentioned there, I would go with Smith Rowe. and I go with Smith Rowe because I think he's the more creative talent for that price and his low price will allow me to buy more on other positions. And that is really important to me.
0: I think I, I agree with that as well, and also he's playing number ten, I believe. So I think yeah, knows.
1: and Saka and Saka, we do know even when he plays well, still doesn't always start. Still, doesn't, like it's still a player that starts lots of games, but is he going to give you bench value as well? So like you know, if you if you've got Man City players like Mahrez in your team and he plays literally twelve minutes a game, you might get you twelve points. It's like crazy because that's what City players do. Will Arsenal players give you the same returns from the bench? Probably not.
0: I'd agree with that, Rob. Let's just quickly touch on this because there is a question here. I know this is about goalkeepers, but would you uh, look at Ben Foster? I actually had Ben Foster in my team, um, but I usually do the two keeper strategy, and then he didn't play. Obviously, now he's playing because I believe Backman's injured. So, would you mm-hmm. be? Uh, would you be? Would he be a good option in goal? I mean, look, he, Watford will be will be one of those sides probably fighting to stay up. So, you know, judging by the strategy that you take, it's probably a good option, isn't he?
1: Can you see as well like there what but what price Brent Foster is if you're with your information? I believe he was about
0: four and a half million. Right. um, So
1: so if he's around that mark, four point four four point five, and you're right, he wasn't starting games, now he is, then maybe, but I would rather go with Ramsdale. Ramsdale is starting games, Arsenal getting clean sheets, Arsenal looking better. I think there is more he's
0: Rob, he's four point one.
1: So there we go. So his price dropped massively then, didn't it? It really crashed because he was a 4.5 at the start. No, he was 4.4 at the start of the season. I think then a lot of people kind of went for him with that two goalkeeper strategy. So at 4.1, 100% because that extra .4 that you're saving .5 for a second goalkeeper is key. And that means you could put that into a fullback, yeah, in your defense who gets assists and gets clean sheets and you get more value out of it simply because you're saving it on a goalkeeper and you don't want to think too much about your goalkeepers. If they play every week and they go in and out the team, you can see that they're playing you know, Liverpool one week and your other goalkeeper is playing Watford. Then you obviously select the Watford and stay away from the Liverpool. So I think they're Ben Foster. If he's definitely playing and that's something that has got some longevity in it, you'd have to obviously look at the, the injury reports at Watford, see what, what, uh, uh, what the squad's doing? Then at four point one, yeah, he's good value.
0: Let's uh, let's just finish off a couple of minutes on the forwards. So obviously we've got Antonio, he's a must <laughs> have. Um, what what is your strategy? You've got Lukaku. I think I I haven't got a premium striker, you know, that obviously everyone goes for Lukaku and they go for Ronaldo. I mean, it's crazy because Ronaldo's averaging seven points per game, but you look at United and they're not, they're not doing anything special at the moment. Obviously Ronaldo does Ronaldo things, he scores, but looking at 12.7, it's just too much. Um, I'm looking at Lukaku, but I mean, what are the other budget options I had Tony. I've had Tony the last few uh, weeks, and he came off the bench and he got an assist against Liverpool. Uh, so Tony's got me some good returns. I think he's got me around 19 points in the last two weeks. Um, yeah. So he, he's a good. He's a good. He's. I mean, I think I'm going to keep him. That, that's what way I'm thinking. It'll probably be Ings who will go out. And uh, there's a, you know comment here saying Jamie Vardy. I mean, he scored two, didn't he? And then he also scored an own goal. Uh, but Vardy's getting points. Him and Ed scored as well on the weekend. But I think I'd stay clear just for the moment because. Wolves haven't been putting the ball in the back of the net. But who are the other strikers that you would think right a good value for money? See,
1: I think Jimenez is the guy you need to get on early because he's going to start scoring goals. Because Wolves' attacking returns are as good as anyone in the Premier League. They're attacking like crazy. So that means it's going to pop eventually and that guy is going to start scoring goals. But that's a different matter. Uh, the reason why Antonio is here, we've got it on our list here, is that this is the value, as I said, price versus value. And he's actually the only forward that's worthy of that category. So he's eight million pounds um, He has a differential uh, uh, uptick of five point nine in terms of form. And he's literally the only striker who is worth it at the price you look at ronaldo you are pay you know you're paying heaven and earth for that seven points a game aren't you it's it's a lot of money to guarantee points but of course you're right manchester united won't play might not play well but ronaldo's still going to get you points so i always say with the strikers that they shouldn't be buy the buy but you should only really go premium if you have a long-term strategy with them. So I went with Lukaku because I do believe that Lukaku will get me enough goals and points over a long period of time at 11.5 million, and then I can supplement him with two strikers that are not top value but are going to get me points are going to play. So Antonio is certainly one of them. We've just talked about Danny Ying. So that's the balance I've gone for. Someone like Tony allows you to bring even more value in because I think he's about 6.5. And for me, it's more about whether he starts, which he should do most of them. But then if he's really getting consistently good performances to score goals, and as you've just said there, he's been getting you points, so he is worth it. Striker department is always really, really difficult. Um, As a rule of thumb, I will say go cheaper strikers and more expensive midfielders. Because if you do that as a rule of thumb, you will score more points week to week to week. Someone like Gallagher at 5.7 will give you more value and more points than any striker at 5.7, yeah? And you might have to spend 10 million on Jamie Vardy, who would give you an equivalent points to at the moment, to someone like Saar at 6.3. So play with it. Make sure that your midfielders are, are productive and sacrifice forwards for midfielders if you're doing your wild card. That's, I, that's why I kind of look at it. If you go all in on Ronaldo, Ronaldo will please you every week and you'll feel great when he gets you your one goal. But then when your the rest of your team is, uh, is completely rubbish because you've got Ronaldo, then that's the problem and you won't be going up your FPL rankings at all.
0: And that's Michelle, guys. That is probably the best bit of information that you can get on Fantasy Football Rob, thanks very much for joining me. It was fantastic. And uh, if you're using a your wildcard this week, good luck. I still need to sit here and think about it, but I think I will be using it as well. Have a great game week and we will see you next time.
1: This podcast is part of the Sport Social Podcast Network.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network